Welcome to Truth Matters, a ministry of the First Church of God in Glasgow, Kentucky. Truth Matters believes in the words in Acts 2.47 that proclaim, The Lord adds to His church daily, such as should be saved. We believe in the Great Commission Christ gave before returning to the Father, and we obey His command in Matthew 28.19 to go and make disciples of all men. Now join us as Pastor Terry Ames gives today's message. So this morning we're going to talk about being a contender for the faith. Because that's what Christ asked us to do until we are called, are called home. A preacher by the name of Lester Roloff was one of the first preachers I listened to when Christ first saved me. He was on the local radio station up there in Breckenridge County, and he didn't come on till midnight. But he said something one time. He said, the only way to build a church is to preach out of the Bible, teach out of the Bible, and read out of the Bible. And that's a truth that I intend to abide by until I'm gone. Without the Bible, without the gospel being preached, then we only have a Sunday country club, folks. But we will grow using the Bible as our creed. We've incorporated several things to our Sunday morning worship now, the videos, because we don't have musicians. And we've, been, we've used that as, as help aids for me on Wednesday nights. But I will never compromise on the gospel. The gospel is what is to be preached and taught here. I've said that over and over. And I do believe that God will bless us for that. Whether it's just this many here now, or it fills the pews up. Because I have said, and I will always say, that if you have to have entertainment and a Starbucks in the lobby and, and everything else to bring people into church, they're coming for the wrong reason. I, I, I'm going to proclaim once again today that the gospel of Jesus Christ is enough to bring people to church. If they're seeking, that's who we are talking to. Because a lot of times people get used to the entertainment and the entertainment may change. Maybe the band changes or the preacher changes or whatever. And all of a sudden the church collapses because that's not the type of what church they're used to. And saying that, that's why I'm saying we've got to be contenders for the faith. We've got to be contenders for the faith. There's too many worldly things out there. There's too many people trying to attract people into the churches to continue building and building and building and making more money and having more things. And I'm telling you, folks, it always collapses upon itself because you get to a point where you've got a, you got a million-dollar budget because you've got loans out for building additions, and you've got this program, you've got that program, and everything's programs. You've basically just got a community center, and you're only on Sundays maybe giving a few minutes lip service to the Bible. I'm not saying every church, but I've seen it happen in a lot of churches. And then the, then the reverence for Jesus and the reverence for God starts going away. And they start referring to Jesus as my buddy, my pal. Start referring to God as daddy or papa. And, and that just that hurts my soul. Because the Bible says be reverent. Your father is your creator, God. He is your father. He's not daddy or papa. 
Jesus says, you are my friends, yes. But he's not my BFF. He's my Lord, my Savior, and my King. And so that's why we do the things we do here. And we will progress as we grow. Once again, we start growing. Here's the thing. I want to be able to where an older Christian feels welcome or an older person feels welcome and a younger person feels welcome. That we can, everybody of every age can get something out of it. I see too many churches end up just being all young people and then too many churches over here go to all old people when the Bible says the elders are supposed to take care of the youngers and the youngers are supposed to help the elders and listen to the elders and be taught. And if we're going to have a Bible-believing, I've got off on side, Adam, I'm sorry, just follow along with me because <laughs> he's doing the clicker back there. But if we're going to have the type of church that is going to be welcoming to everybody, then we have to be true to our beliefs about Jesus Christ and preach Jesus. And so there's going to be times we're going to have maybe country, or maybe some older older songs. Some will be younger. I'm, you know, I'm, when this pandemic's over with, which I, I got my opinions on it, I want another singing in here. This should be a music, happy, joyful church. And it will be. Because I'm going to pray and fight through this with everything I've got, and I pray you all stick with me on it. But we've got to be contenders for the faith. Let's get back to the sermon. Contenders for the faith. Our text today is Jude 1, 3. And it says, Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. Be a contender for it. That means continue on. The definition of contender from the Webster's Dictionary says one that contends especially a competitor for a championship or a high honor. You are, you're not competing against your fellow Christians. You're kind of competing against yourself. You're, 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 you, you've got a race to run. You've got a, a, a thing that you need to do that you've been told to do. You've got orders from Christ. You've got the Bible telling you what you need to get out here and do, and you need to be doing it we got to let, quit letting life get in the way. Now, I know we got jobs, and I know that, that we've got families, and I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about a lot of times in our spare time, we never either pick up a Bible or even think about the Lord or even take a minute to pray to Him throughout the day. You should once a day, at a minimum of once a day, have contact with your Creator. Speak to Jesus Christ. Just talk to Him. And keep that line open. Because without that, you start drifting away. If without, without being refreshed or without getting into the Word of God, you can so easily start drifting away. And I know a lot of the young ones are saying, I don't really need to read the Bible. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Podcasts aren't everything. Videos aren't everything. You know, the greatest, another, another thing the devil's doing right now in school is you got kids graduating that cannot read. If they cannot read, then it doesn't make any sense for, for a pastor up there trying to tell them to read their Bible or follow along on a certain passage in the Bible or go home and read their Bible because they can't read. So we have to step up sometimes and be the Bible for them or teach them to read. 
The devil right now is using so many tricks trying to take Jesus out of this society. And until we Christians stand up and be contenders for the faith, he's going to keep making footholds. He can't win the war, but he right now is going to continue making footholds, which means what? He's coming after your family. He's coming after your friends. He's coming after your acquaintances. He's coming after your business. He's coming after everything that has to do or been dedicated to Jesus Christ. Have you got a family member that you've prayed for that's lost? And you just, just, they just won't give in? And all you're trying to do is save them so you can be with them in eternity in heaven? And the devil keeps throwing the blinders up on them? Then don't stop. Continue on. Run that race. Keep going. See, Jesus spoke and the apostles wrote throughout the New Testament to be contenders for the faith. In fact, Hebrews tells us in chapter 12, verse 1, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. He has put us in a race. Did you know that? The Bible says so. He's put us in a race, and we have to run that race with patience. I heard a preacher talking this morning about waiting on the Lord. And he was reading Bible verses about waiting on the Lord. And I had thought about this before, too. And you go looking at some of the original definitions that it was translated out of that says waiting on the Lord. A lot of people think that means just sit, sit on your bottom and just wait for God. Oh, God, I'm just waiting on God to move. I'm waiting. It doesn't mean that. It means until he answers your prayer or until he gives you a direction to go, what is it? It really means to wait, to serve, like waitress. It means to continue serving God until he answers that prayer or until he gives you the direction you need to go into or he opens the door that needs to be opened. Until then... When it means waiting on the Lord, it doesn't mean sit on your behind and just sit and wait for him with your legs crossed. It means wait, serve, continue serving the Lord while you're waiting for that. That's what it really means in most of the instances. But, you, but people don't do enough really research on their own anymore. They just depend on somebody to tell them what a verse means. And I don't want you to be like that with me. If there's something that I say that you are concerned about, I ask you to ask me about it. If it goes against something that you've been before and you're concerned about it, maybe from you're hearing you raised in a different in a denomination like Baptist, Presbyterian, uh, Methodist, whatever, and there's something that seems like I'm saying that doesn't mesh with that, don't get mad. Come and talk to me and let me explain why I think this way. But here's the thing about it. It doesn't matter if you was Baptist. It doesn't matter if you're Methodist. It doesn't matter if you're Pentecostal. I, extend, I will still put out my hand in fellowship to you because you are a Christian. Those things are peripheral and they're not anything to do with salvation. They're just theories and ideas and stuff people are studying. They think that's what it means. Remember what I said? The main things are the plain things and the plain things are the main things in the Bible. So we got to keep going. We can't just give up. We can't just wait. I mean, that doesn't mean sit down and just wait. I've heard people say, we're waiting for people to come in. That's not what it means. And David and Doc's done a wonderful job. Sharon's done a wonderful job. George, you know, everybody here has asked people to come to church. 
So we got to continue with this. We got to. We can't. We can't just slow down. We can't just stop. We have to work just as hard right now, as if these pews were full of people. Just because it doesn't mean we slack off. Just because maybe one or two only comes on Wednesday nights don't mean I don't come down here. Okay, so you still continue to come on Wednesday nights. And the same with Sundays. Because I, to be honest with you, would much rather have people here that want to hear about what Jesus has to say and want to hear the word of God than people walking through the door and sitting there and they really don't want to be here and after a few minutes they're sitting there on their phones doing this and we've seen that in this church. Sitting on their phones doing this and, you, and I get upset and tell them to turn the phone off. Listen, the word of God is holy and it's being spoken. We got to contend. You got to contend. Paul wrote in 2 Timothy 2.5, Also, if anyone competes as an athlete, he does not win the prize unless he competes according to the rules. See, there's rules to this. People keep saying, I'm under grace, not under the law, and they, they think that means nothing in the Bible <laughs> matters to them or, or is meant for them. I have never understood that because they take it as a license to sin. They take it as a license that they don't have to tell others about Christ. They take it as a license to do whatever they want to and live for the devil because they've said some magic prayer that some pastor has said and now he's told them that they're saved. I can't tell you you're saved. Only you know in your heart that you're saved. Only you know if you've truly given your life to Christ. My spirit can, can witness with your spirit and I can feel that. But I'm telling you folks, you've got to find out what he expects out of you if you're a Christian. David expects certain things out of people from his business. Doc expects certain, certain things out of people that he works at, that, you know, the nurses and stuff, and in turn, the company he works for expects him to follow along in their rules. So why do we think it's any different? Well, I'm not under law. No, but you're under the rules that Christ put out there. He put two commandments out there. You've got to be contending for it. You've got to continue on. You can't just give up. 1 Corinthians 9, 24 and 25 says, Do you know that those who run in a race all run, but only one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may win. Everyone who competes in the games exercises self-control in all things. Then they do, do it to receive a perishable wreath. But we, an imperishable, the world does it, and what they get perishes. They get a trophy, and then it starts tarnishing. Eventually, after they passed away, unless it was something fancy that goes to the museum, it's thrown in the garbage at one time or another. Yesterday, they had the, had the derby. Did you notice? You can go up there at Kroger's in Louisville. Every year they do this, and one of the Kroger's starts making the garland for the winter that goes over all them roads, and they'll spend 24 hours in a cold room, but you can go by and watch them putting all them roses together for that garland of roses that goes over that horse's back. I want you to watch. That horse runs. They've been training all, all this time to win the derby. The one that wins the derby, he's won the race. They go over there. They throw that garland over that horse. They take a few pictures with the jockey. Within 10 minutes, 5 to 10 minutes, that garland's ripped off and it's gone. All that work, all this time, for about 10 minutes of pictures. And then what do they do with the garland? I worked at Churchill Downs when I was younger. I know what to do with the garland. It goes in the garbage. Because the flowers wilt. 
It's, it's a perishable trophy. We are going for an imperishable trophy. That's life in heaven with Jesus Christ. So we have to be steadfast. We can't let things throw us aside. We can't let family members throw us aside in our quest for Christ. I'm sorry. Jesus said, I'll be a dividing sword. And if, if you've got family members need to be prayed for, continue praying. But stay with the Lord. Contend for the faith. That is what you will be judged on. How do we know we're contending for the faith? Well, let's look at a few of the questions I've got down here for you. What is the nature of our labor? Why are we doing what we're doing? Well, it should be out of love. It should be out of love. For who? For Jesus. Jesus is the center of everything, folks. Jesus is the center of this entire thing that he's done, that God has done. The Holy Spirit points to Jesus. God the Father points right back to Jesus. Jesus points to the Father. The Father in turn points right back. Jesus is the center for us. James 1.12 says, Blessed is a man who perseveres under trial, for once he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Do you love Jesus? If you say, answer that with a yes, yes, I love Jesus, are you doing what he's asking you to do? Are you, do you have a gift that he's given you? Are you using that gift? Every one of us has a gift. Some of us just have to find it. Figure it out. Get with the Lord. But are you really doing what he's asking you to do? Are you doing it out of love? Are you laboring out of love? Are you laboring thinking that your works is going to get you to heaven? Your works will not get you to heaven. You do works because you love Jesus and you know you're going to heaven. And because you love others. What did Jesus say? Love God above everything else. Love your neighbor as yourself. The only two commandments he's given us. That encompasses everything we should do. Deal Moody said, faith makes all things possible, but love makes all things easy. If you love somebody, you'll do things for them. It's, it seems hard at times. Maybe they can't, it aggravates you just a little bit. But, but you do it anyway because you love them. It doesn't mean that every time that you do something for the Lord, you're just happy, happy, joy, joy, because sometimes you may be down in the mud. You may be down in the mud. Or you could be like David, out there helping get a stuck horse out of the a frozen pond. You do it out of neighborly love. Now, I'm sure David doesn't say, I love this man, but it is a Christian love. And you do it. You get cold. You get wet. You use whatever you got. You're doing this to help your neighbor. It's out of love. That's Christian. That's Christian. So what is the motive of our labor? We're talking about what was the nature. What's the motive? Well, it should be because of our salvation. We've been saved by Jesus Christ. Do we owe him a debt? I say yes. We can never pay that debt because he wiped away that debt. Jesus paid our debt with his blood. We don't owe Jesus anything but our faith, steadfastness, our belief, our trusting in him. 
But people will tell you, oh, that's works. How is that works? I love Lisa. Sometimes, yeah, I just think she wants me to do that I'm not all that keen about, but I do it anyway because I love her. Won't you do that for Jesus? For the one who saved you? For the one that says, you'll be in heaven with me? You'll spend eternity with me? 1 Timothy 6.12 says, The fight, to fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called, and you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Fight the good fight of faith. Contend for the faith. Take hold of the eternal life which you were called. Grab it, seize it, it's yours. Do you understand that? It's, it's not something in the future. It is yours now. You will live forever. This old body in this world right here that I'm in right now will not. It will go back to dust. But my spirit, my soul belongs to God. And the Bible says to be absent from the body is to be in the presence of the Lord. I will, as soon as my last breath happens here, open my eyes in the presence of Jesus. I am going to have an eternal soul. My soul will continue on until the day that Christ says, Arise, the world is done, and we're given a glorified body. But I will never be dead. I will never sleep. My, my spirit won't. This body just temporary. I'm getting to the point I don't even want this old body anymore. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of this body. It hurts. I know everybody's got that problem. But I will continue in it until the Lord says, okay, come on home. And I will continue doing what it is he asked me to do. I don't know. Sometimes I just sit there and think, you claiming that you're a Christian and Jesus has saved you, but you don't want to do anything for him. Why? I, I, sometimes it just goes over me. Matthew 5.16 is not up there, but I, but I wrote this down. It says, in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to the Father who is in heaven. You know, that little song, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Yes, you should be shining to the world. You should be blinding some of these people out here that's so demonically influenced. Because you represent the light that is going to save people. You represent Jesus Christ. You are an ambassador of Jesus Christ. Just as an ambassador... From this country goes to another country. He represents the President of the United States. We represent Jesus Christ. We are ambassadors called by him. Billy Graham said, The way we live is often more convincing than the words we say. Remember a while ago I said something about, you know, they won't listen, but you need to go ahead and be the Christian anyway. Maybe they can't read, but they can read you. Live like a Christian. Well, what is that? That means I got to be Bible thumping. No, I'm gonna be holier now. Well, I'm gonna be honest about it. Yeah, you should be a whole lot holier in the world. You should not still be groveling in the vomit out there. You should have turned from your ways. You should have put on the new man. If you haven't, then we need to talk because something hasn't changed. And if there hasn't been a change at all in your life since you've accepted Christ as your Savior, then we need to rethink what it is you think you accepted. 
because it says that you will put on the old, put on the new man, get rid of the old man. And I know what it meant for me, and at least I saw a difference in that, and it wasn't put on. What does it meant for you? There should have been a change that people could see. And it's more convincing than words. I've seen people tell me, I'm Christian, I've been Christian since I was 12 years old, and why are you living like a devil? Do you even know what that means? And contending for the faith, what is the strength of our labor? Well, it's going to be Jesus. Jesus is going to be the strength in all this. It won't be our own strength that we depend on. We can't. Isaiah 40, 31 says, But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. There's where your strength comes from. Yes, you will get tired. It doesn't mean you're going to be like a like like a a marathon runner that that gets whatever you know and you keep going. You'll get a second wind, but it's the Holy Spirit's second wind. You'll be able to continue because God has asked you to do that, and you're doing it for Him, and He's blessing it. And it says that you shall run and not be weary. You'll get a second wind. Yes, you may physically be tired, but spiritually you won't be. I want to keep going. And you won't faint. You won't give up. You'll keep going because why? You're doing it for Jesus. There is nothing you can go through that Jesus didn't already be tempted by or go through. Look what he went through on the cross. We so whitewashed that. We have taken the blood out of it, the pain, the, the ripped back the nails going through, the pain going through, the nerves and the sinew. We've, we've taken all that and sanitized that so much that we just see Jesus, especially in the Catholic churches, hanging on a cross. There, is, there he hangs. They still got him hanging there. No, Jesus did that. It's finished. He has something for us to do now. Contend for the faith. Billy Graham, again, said God has promised to supply all of our needs. But he never promised to supply all our greeds. See, there's a difference. Oh, I need that new jet airplane. I preach this mega church. Oh, I need to have a Rolls Royce or a, B, or a BMW or Mercedes. That's what I need because, you know, a preacher's got to have that to go do his stuff. But what if God says, no, you don't need that. You need a Toyota Corolla. You don't need that. You get a Hyundai. You get a Yugo. Whatever. That will get you where you're going. We think that our preachers have got to have these big fancy Cadillacs. You go overseas and in Africa and other places, them preachers are going around on bicycles that had to be donated by missionaries. That's what they've got, or they're on their feet. So we're blessed. And the problem with being so blessed sometimes is that we overdo it. We get off that path like I talked about last week. And we start going off to the side. Well, I need this. I need that. No, God has given you what you need. Don't get greedy. Don't get greedy. See, it is of the utmost importance that we strive to finish well. That's why I put the songs up there today. Kind of reminded us of heaven, where we're going. Loved ones that we're going to miss or are missing. Those that we know are Christians are in heaven. We, we have the, the joy of knowing we'll see them again. But we've got to finish well, folks. We've got to. Paul said towards the end of his life, I have fought a good fight. 
I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. In the future there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. To all who have loved his appearing. Paul says, not just me. I'm not the only one going to get the reward. I'm not the only one that's going to be with the Lord. I'm not the only one that's going to be awarded with things, crowns. No, all those that were faithful to Christ will be able to finish the race. We're in a race. We're in a race, and the finish line is the day our heartbeat stops. That's the finish line, folks. When we, that's the tape that we break when we go through. And then it's done. And then it's done. But until then, we got to contend for the faith. we got to keep on. So I'm just going to recap real quick, and I'm going to close. The nature of our labor should be love, not only for Christ, but for others. The motive of our labor should be because of our salvation. We've been saved by Jesus. Let's show some appreciation to do something, do something with that. And then the third thing is the strength of our labor will be Jesus Christ because humanly we cannot do this. Without the Holy Spirit, we cannot do this on our own. Got one last quote for you. It's from Dwight L. Moody again. I love that guy. It says, We are told to let our light shine. And if it does, we won't need to tell anybody it does. Lighthouses don't fire cannons to call attention to their shining. They just shine. We're not calling attention to ourselves. I'm not saying, oh, ye, everybody out here, come here, Terry. No. I'm saying come in and hear the word of God. I'm not firing any cannons, although I do get loud sometimes. And I'm not doing it to call attention to me. But people should be able to see that there's a light that shines just because it shines in the light of Jesus Christ. And it should be the same for you. It should be the same for you. So how will you finish? How will you finish this race? See, it's going to depend on you. It's going to depend on you. Are you going to finish the race? Are you just going to throw your hands up and say, I'm done. I quit. Are you going to continue on? And, and though you get weary, just ask the Lord and, and let him supply you with more strength. Are you doing, going to do it because you love your neighbors and you love Jesus? Or are you just going to say, look, within the last year, it's really taken a toll on me and I just can't go on anymore. Nobody wants to talk to me. You can't see anybody's faces. You don't know when you got a mask over your face if they're smiling at you or if they're frowning at you. You can't tell. Devil's been really good at that this last year. But no matter if they ever come and even shut these doors down and take me to jail, I will still contend for the faith. Lisa looks like me like, oh, don't say that. It could happen. But I'll still contend for the faith, and will you all? It hasn't got that point yet, but if it does... Will you continue for the faith? This has been Truth Matters, a ministry of the First Church of God in Glasgow, Kentucky. You may email us at glasgow1chog at gmail.com or visit us at 1517 Glenview Drive in Glasgow. Join us next time for another insightful and timely message from Truth Matters. I'm Lisa Ames. 
God bless.